0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls. So today we're going to be delving into a controversial figure and a controversial text. The Unabomber Manifesto, written by the Unabomber himself, Ted Kaczynski. So we're going to we're going to take a little deep dive into this. Well, I don't really know how often I'm going to do this, so it might not get that deep. But, you know, we're going to examine uh, at least some parts of this. And if this series catches on at all, I will probably continue with it. But of course, you know, we're we're first gonna look at the introduction to the piece of history that uh, supposedly was what inspired Ted Kaczynski to send, you know, the wacky packages that terrorized. Uh, certain segment of the population he definitely targeted some specific types of people if you actually look into you know the uh background of the story he didn't just send um mail to anybody with the bombs involved and uh there's a there's a lot of really interesting stuff i could get more into that but we're just really going to look at industrial society and its future What did Ted say? Ted said, The Industrial Revolution and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race. They have greatly increased the life expectancy of those of us who lived in advanced countries. He puts advanced in, you know, the uh, quotation marks. But they have destabilized society, have made life unfulfilling, have subjected human beings to indignities, have led to widespread psychological suffering in the third world to physical suffering as well, and have inflicted severe damage on the natural world. The continued development of technology will worsen the situation. It will certainly subject human beings to greater indignities and inflict greater damage on the natural world. It will probably lead to greater social disruption and psychological suffering, and it may lead to increased physical suffering even in advanced countries. And again, the uh, quotation marks around advanced. So I do have to give a little caveat here before I proceed. Obviously, when I'm talking about the Unabomber Manifesto, some of you are going to be like, oh, you're promoting Ted Kaczynski, or, or you know, maybe you're um, in favor of the... Uh, terrorist acts that he committed well no that's not really my point here i'm just uh, um trying to examine you know what might have motivated not really necessarily as terrorism i mean that that would be more up to like a professional psychologist or whatever or uh you know as some expert related to investigating crimes but i just want to see if there's you know any uh Anything that he said that was actually, you know, factual and uh, relevant and, you know, uh, how the world actually works. So looking at what he said right there, I have to say that the very worst and most immediate threat to the human race is probably global climate change. In fact, that's what so many reports say. Um, For example... Ho-Sung Lee, the chair of the IPCC, said in February of 2022, quote, This report is a dire warning about the consequences of inaction, unquote. And the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change is fairly clear about the implication of the fact that the level of atmospheric carbon dioxide is increasing and that the greenhouse effect is stronger than ever. So Ho Sung Lee, again, the chair of the IPCC, um, said this regarding its 2021 reporting on their own reporting. This report reflects extraordinary efforts under exceptional circumstances. So, you know, really using it to um, demonstrate just the daunting nature that is climate change, right? Uh, it will get much worse as time passes and as the human population continues to increase. Of course some say global warming is not the biggest crisis and they even downplay the climate uh, you know uh, aspect of it. even though some of us, I think we're seeing some evidence firsthand, You know, that uh, the weather has been a little bit wilder than uh, a lot of us have been used to. A little bit harder to predict, a little bit more stormy and extreme and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, some people even downplay the population increase aspect of things, too. For example... uh, population collapse due to lo- low birth rates is a much bigger risk to civilization than global warming tweeted Elon Musk the supposed billionaire genius who often goes far out of his way to look like just another right-leaning nutjob but he said that uh on twitter and that was quoted in an article in the economist urging us not to panic about the world's population reaching 8 billion but you know i think I think most of us see the uh, population at 8 billion and we're like, hmm, that could exacerbate whatever problems we have right now. I think that, in fact, even if you're sort of a global warming skeptic or climate change skeptic or whatever, you could still look at the population amount and still be like, holy crap, that's quite a lot of people. And, you know, people equal problems. So I don't think Ted Kaczynski was entirely wrong. In that little introduction, the world is at serious risk of a dangerous temperature rise, also known as global warming, and more and worse droughts, floods, famines, plagues, crop failures, and natural disasters such as superstorms and tsunamis. The ongoing, a- the ongoing application of technology to production and transport is part of this situation, and so is the generalized use of technology on a large scale, to create the next big thing, whatever that would be. And uh, I think, I think you know, Ted Kaczynski was not that wrong. I mean, you know, that doesn't mean I support what he did, of course. I have to say that over and over again. But, you know, it's a fact that there are some elements of crisis that his introduction seem to quite strongly hint at. So, you know, the, the other thing that needs to be mentioned is that humans need freedom and security. There are many good things about technology, you know, good things that technology can do, but these things cannot be separated from the liberty, security, and peace that come with liberty, security, and peace. And I know that's an obnoxious tautology that I just employed but it's nevertheless true enough right you know it's it's a sort of like a feedback loop I guess you want to think that if you have those those good things going on they'll kind of keep on growing and expanding Um, you know you're going to have more liberty security and peace at the same time there is also no guarantee that will have any of those good things if we try to remain frozen in time or turn the clock back and abandon most modern technology Ted Kaczynski style. You know, even if we uh, have sort of a glowing, uh, idealized version of the past, it's it's really kind of hard to believe we're going to totally just revert back to a previous era. Uh, You know, especially as we become... I don't know about addicted to technology, but just sort of dependent on it. We expect it to be there. It becomes convenient. It becomes ingrained in the cultural dialogue. And of course, it's just a part of the lifestyle. You know, it's what, it's what we use. Like if you communicate with your boss on the job, you know, you're going to be expecting to have a cell phone and, all that kind of stuff, right? So Ted Kaczynski predicted a lot of this technological dependence. For example, I've, I recall in another part of the manifesto, he says that, you know, if you're dependent on automobiles, well, that might be all fine and good, but then you have to face the reality of traffic rules, which are practically necessary um, with the advancement of of automotive technology and you know you you'll need road systems you'll need probably you know police to uh monitor traffic and uh laws and all of that kind of stuff and licenses um regulations on uh the industry that creates automobiles the the whole ball of wax you know he he was right about that. And uh I, I just don't see any anything uh wrong with pointing out that those all represent problems in their own right. And of course, for all the advancements that you have with being able to get from point A to point B, or you know, even uh even having the option of doing that, you also have to face the fact that. Some people actually die, um, you know, people and animals and and whatever, in not only automobile accidents, but from pollution related to the uh, ability for human beings to travel. You know, I mean, it's a pretty uh, obvious fact that the pollutants that we put into the air can pollute our lungs and make us gag, you know. I mean, that's, that's one of the funny things about people who deny, you know, that environmentalists have any valid points. Well, you're going to tell me that if you have car exhaust going in your face, that you're not going to like start choking and having a negative reaction to that? No, we, we know it's bad. We, we do. But, you know, we, we do it anyway. And that's really one of the quirks of modern industrial society. And, of course, with modern industrial society, you have the modern industrial state. And uh, that kind of gets back to the, uh, the implications of just having motorized transportation, that you're going to have all of these different agencies and sort of different urgencies, too. You know, I mean, it, it's, like, it's like that other thing uh, when it comes to, you know, the railroad system. You almost can't really have that many uh, competitors with that because there's sort of a natural monopoly with a railroad system. You almost are required to have sort of a system of authority to make sure not only do the trains run on time, but, you know, everybody's on the same page. You know, there's not a whole whole bunch of um, chaos involved in, you know, traveling. So that necessitates sort of a monopolistic, almost, you know, uh, I guess, authoritarian approach to things. You know, there has to be sort of a top-down approach to having a a train system that works. And uh, that's that's one of the tough things about technology. And sure, theoretically, you could have a different approach... But you at least have to have everybody on the same page, and that can be very tricky. And it's not really, it's not exactly the ideal scenario because with with society in general, you want you want the you want options, right? And uh, as we've seen with, if you go to a grocery store, the the whole thing with having options there is that they almost end up being an illusion because. Uh, an increasingly narrow concentration of companies will be owning all of your options and benefiting from all of your options. And like I said, it's sort of an illusion. and that's also something that that you could say about the idea of you know vehicles giving you freedom. well, it's it's freedom of a type, sure, but you're ultimately dependent upon that quote unquote, freedom. And that's very much bordering on an addiction, I suppose you could say. And I think a lot of people, you know, they not only could they not imagine being without modern technology, but they're almost afraid of the idea or or they scoff at it, which is kind of a sign of, you know, advanced civilization having a sort of knee jerk reaction against or a rejection of you know, uh, contrary views. You know, if you don't like the, the present way that things are done, you must be some, you know, complete fool or something. Maybe you're like a hippie or a, a lunatic. Although Ted Kaczynski really didn't uh, change that kind of view very much, did he? Because obviously he engaged in, in those terrorist acts. Um, but at the end of the day, it is rather revealing how a lot of people do react to those who at least uh, like to look at the way that technology is um, sort of controlling a a lot of people's lives in many ways. And, you know, it's, um, it's, it's just one of those things. You have to be able to say at the end of the day, well we should probably question some of these things we're doing because the things that are most common are really the things that we should most be open to, uh, not necessarily opposing, but just questioning, you know, like, why are we doing this? Why are we here? Um, why did I have to drive from point A to point B? Is this really what I want to be doing? Is this really the healthiest scenario not only for me, but you know, for the world at large, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But of course you can't really be doing that if you're if you're busy just going from point A to point B, if you're having to work like 40 to 80 hours a week or whatever it is, you know, you don't really have time to uh stop and think about things all that much. You just accept whatever kind of cultural values come down the pike, so to speak, and you're Really, not going to be that much disrupt, disruptive um, towards anything, because you're just wanting to get that paycheck at the end of the day, right? And that really is the nature of um, the modern industrial state capitalist system. You're not necessarily a machine, you know. We we can put aside that that whole imagery of a person being a cog in the machine or a robot or whatever. You can even put that aside and just look at the facts. We're not really encouraged to question the industrial system all that much. Human beings do not properly and adequately live or develop unless they have freedom, security, and peace, as I had noted earlier, and that's very much a piece of conventional wisdom for plenty of people similar to all human beings are born free and equal in article one of the universal declaration of human rights so i have to say if you dart back to what ted said at the start of this episode the part that i quoted i would have to rate it as accurate you know it's um definitely not that he was entirely wrong obviously i i just looked at part of what he said but there's a lot of food for thought just within those few sentences. And really there's a a whole lot more that I could talk about here, but I do think that I've said enough for now and we'll see how deep this deep dive can get. And, um, yeah. So have a nice day.